Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, hello, happy new year. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. My name is Elisa. I am your host. And today it is Wednesday, January the 5th. And I'm sitting here in my office at home in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And I decided that this year... I'm going to use my voice in a fresh and authentic way. I need to be authentic. I don't want to bottle up the way that I feel or minimize some of my concerns or minimize some of the emotional uh, transformations, if you will, or my observations, observing my mind. I don't want to bottle those up or censor those in any way. And... As a coach in the wellness and mental health space, and in light of the Doug Ford government announcement three days ago in Ontario to go back into another full-blown lockdown in the province, I'm making the proud choice today to speak up about this. Because what's happening in our province, in our country, and in most places in the world is not okay And I'm dedicating a podcast episode to start the conversation here and talk about all the things that so many of you are thinking and feeling, and for lack of a better word, fucking pissed about with the way this pandemic is unfolding, the way that it has been managed, the the division, the separation, the ideas that we are that we are um, believing and, and I know that there's a sense of betrayal here. There's a lot of confusion with what's going on. And it is not okay. After 22 months of this, it's not okay. Now, <laughs> before I piss off anyone here, um, I want to clarify that, no, I'm not a scientist. All right. So I don't need your messages. I'm not a doctor. I don't need you to, to tell me to F off. I'm done with that. If this isn't something you'd like to participate in, please stop listening Um, because I am creating a safe space for an open discussion about how I feel about this. I am a certified life coach who specializes in mental capacities and conditioning. So my work is centered around observing the mind and why we believe the things that we do and how we come to believe them, and how our beliefs impact our choices and therefore our lives. This is a practice called intuitive awareness. It's the ability to observe the mind without judgment and allow it to lead you to the places that are fear-driven, traumatized, uh, blocking you from, I don't know, becoming more, you know, that are keeping you small and hidden so that you can create space to heal and expand and grow. 
I talk about this. I work with people in relationships, in jobs, in body image specifically, and confidence, which is a huge one because there's so much, dare I say the word, brainwashing in the world when it comes to the way we look. And every, for example, everyone listening today um, has most likely thought at one point in their lives or another, something along the lines of, if only I was thinner, I would be happier. Okay, well, my work is it is to take statements like that and beliefs like that and show you how you've been conditioned to believe that to be true. And it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault. This is the way that our society works and cultural conditioning works. It's there. And then I help you change the narrative. Got it? So this is the essence of my work. And over the past 22 months, I've observed some of the most interesting, controversial, unethical, unfair, and in some cases from some of our leaders in this country, I can speak to Canada primarily because that's where I live and how what I feel firsthand is an outright disgusting conditioning from the leaders of this country and the media in this country, all in the name and it's all wrapped up with a big bow on top, justified in the name of health and for your protection. Okay, how many times have we heard that? For your protection. And I'm not gonna allow this narrative to continue without speaking out about it because it's not okay what's happening. These lockdowns is not okay. So I want to be very clear here that I, I, I didn't always think this way. And if you're a part of the growing population who feels dissonance with your belief that, that I want you to know that you're not alone. Okay, we, we all sort of, it's confusing. <laughs> it's, it's really confusing and, it, and it's been confusing from the beginning. The narrative has been confusing and with another full-blown lockdown now, I truly feel like many, many, many people are starting to wake up in the sense where you're starting to, to, to understand that things may not be the way you once believed Okay, things may not be true anymore. The people you trusted and believed for so long may not have your best interests at heart anymore. And this is a huge wake up call because we are now seeing on a national level that maybe, just maybe, what's happening is no longer true and things aren't making sense the way that they used to. So if this feels like you, let's stop fucking censoring conversations. Let's stop judging people for their points of view and let's unpack what's happening and how we've been conditioned to think, believe, and behave the way that we are in this moment. I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on, what you believe, okay? Let's start to pay attention to that. Are you ready? So just really quickly here, I want to go back to March 15th, 2020. This is an important date in my life because this was day one of the first lockdown. I lost my job that day. My friends who own businesses all got shut down, schools closed. And I remember sort of feeling this like numbness. Do you remember that? That first week of like global shutdown, whatever date that started for you, because I know not everyone listening is from Canada. And thinking like, I was scared. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And Michael and I didn't live together at the time. So driving to his house on the 417 in Ottawa, which is like a major, major highway, 
and seeing no cars on the road, it was scary. It was like a zombie apocalypse. Like it was fucking scary. Remember that? You know, we didn't know what was going on. All we knew was that what people were telling us on the news, right? That's all we knew, that these doctors and scientists were scared. And I actually did, I personally did this massive stay home campaign on Instagram. I'm not sure if anyone remembers that, but I had huge influencers all come together and encourage people to stay home. We just like, was like, stay home, right? Remember that? So, so what did the scientists and doctors tell us at that time? Okay, they were kind of saying like, we don't really know what's going on. All we know is that the pan- that, that COVID-19 is deadly. And they started to create a narrative that we didn't want to, the vulnerable people in our lives, which at the beginning was like elderly, which it still is, we didn't want to necessarily catch up for ourselves but we didn't want to kill our mother, our parents and our grandparents. So we were going to stay home, not for us, but for them to protect them. That was the first sort of hook to pull at our heartstrings to get us to do something. Was that the wrong thing? No, I don't think it was. I'm not saying it was. I'm just painting a picture here. Then about a month or two later, the media, they started to show bodies and body bags on the street in Italy, in New York City. And then subsequent reportings started to show up all over the world. And like, it was scary and the virus was wreaking havoc on the population. The number counts were going up. Like Michael and I actually got sick in March of 2020. So right, right, right at the beginning of the lockdown, we had COVID. It was like a flu. Um, I guess we had the first variant, whatever the hell that was, um, the Wuhan strain or whatever. I didn't feel great for four days. Michael was a little bit longer, seven to eight days. Um, he had worse symptoms, but he we both fully recovered. And at the time, I also, on this show, on the Elisa Unfiltered podcast, I interviewed a renowned uh, epidemiologist. His name was Dr. Ray Wataneo. And his words were very comforting and real because he said that there, I mean, we discussed this whole thing for an hour, but the conclusion was that there are two ways for us to get out of this mess. The first way was to get vaccinated. And the second way was to get COVID, recover and have natural immunity, period. That's how we establish herd immunity. And there were some scientific calculations to establish what, how many Um, what percentage of the population needed to have one of of two of those things, one of either of those things in order to establish that. I think at the time they were saying 77%. um, And that number seems to be played with a lot. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to spew the numbers, but that was what he had said. So very early on, I had this underlying sense of comfort for my own safety because I was COVID recovered. However, the level of my level of COVID antibodies wasn't confirmed until July 2021. So a year and a bit later, I hadn't been tested. I had, I had, I actually got a test in July of 2021, an antibodies test that said I had still huge amounts of, of antibodies. So, so we knew we had COVID and Michael and I, we watched the news every day. We saw the numbers rise. We saw the people dying. It was awful. COVID's deadly. For some people, I'm 
by no means minimizing that there's a virus out there that's killing people. I see it. And at the time, in the first year there, I was complying with every regulations. We all did. We Like, I honestly, I don't think there are very many people in the world that weren't impacted by those first few months and weren't heightened with alarm and fear, right? So if you fast forward to 2020, um, October 2020, when this is, this, this is a little bit of gray area in terms of month. It might have been September, but this was when the vaccine technology started to be discussed at length in the media. Um, vaccines were really close. They were in trials. They were really close to starting to give them to the population. And I was really hopeful at this point. Despite knowing that I had COVID, I was hopeful that this vaccine was going to save the world. Didn't we all? And I was excited to get it, even though I knew I had COVID. I just... I wanted to protect myself, right? However, a small part of my brain was starting to question the health professionals telling vulnerable people to stay home when they were sick until they had to go to the hospital. This was kind of like my first little like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. We were 10 months into this thing and nobody was talking about any types of treatment or how to help the immune system fight it, nor was there any indication as to who was the vulnerable outside of the elderly, all right? We started hearing things about um, African-Americans getting it a little bit more, which created huge division. And we started hearing like a little bit of of things like maybe if you had a, a transplant and you were on autoimmune suppressants, things like that were, were creating vulnerability. And I remember in those first 12 months, doctors and scientists didn't think that kids could get it. They were for the vast majority asymptomatic. All right. So there was like no worry. Remember at the beginning, we weren't worried that our kids were going to get it because that's what they were saying. And then, and this is when things started to not make sense to me anymore. This is the TSN turning point to my trust and in the science, you know, because yes, I was a hashtag trust the science person for a long time. So for those of you that don't know, I'm going to share something deeply personal with you. And it's really none of anyone's business, but it's important for context here. So I'm 40 years old and Michael and I have been in, in serious talks about starting a family. And at that time we were like really having serious discussions about having kids. And one day I was reading an article from a reputable news source that was questioning the ingredients of the Pfizer vaccine. Right? This is back in like October, 2020. Okay. And they had scientists quoting that there were aspects of the vaccine that could lead to infertility in women. It was a very low risk, but it could. Now, before you go crazy and discredit this theory, which is by mainstream narrative, a conspiracy theory, I want you to hear me out. All right, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm giving context to how my brain was processing these types of things. Okay. So when I read this article, my ears, they perked up a little bit and I was like, huh, what does that mean? Interesting. 
you know? And then I heard this again from another doctor. And then a few doctors came out and questioned, not accused, questioned why these particular aspects of the vaccine were in there. And those questions landed with me. I wanted to know the answer. I'm like, okay, this is weird. This doesn't seem right. And for the record, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I have been fully vaccinated in all diseases across the board from childhood vaccines to tetanus boosters to everything. I'm not afraid of vaccines, but it was interesting to me. And like I said, my ears perked up. So I remember one day I decided to talk to my mom about it. And I had saved some of these articles and uh, I was saying like, Ugh, this doesn't really feel good. What do you think about this? And I was trying to look up those articles and I would click the link and it would say page not found. And the links or the links like they went somewhere else. They weren't working anymore. I couldn't find any of the articles. And this had just been like a couple weeks before, a month before. I literally couldn't find them anywhere. They were gone. That was the real first red flag for this whole thing. The whole thing for me, the house of cards came falling down because of this. And I realized, I, I realize now for some listening, this wouldn't be a red flag for you. It's not important to you. You believe what the doctors on TV are telling you to be 100% true. And that's fine. I'm not judging you for that. But for me, I was like, this is my first experience with censorship or open scientific debate. And it was a wake up call because to further that, there, all I heard from that moment on was the discredit that the vaccine will not cause infertility in women or men for that matter. And there was no debate. So the, the people who originally had been questioning these had been silenced, discredited, called conspiracy theorists. And, and the top doctors were not publicly debating these things. They were just saying it doesn't exist. They're wrong, we're right, which was a red flag. You know, almost as big as many of you Ontarians right now are feeling after 22 months of lockdown. It's kind of like a wake up call, right? And since then, if you haven't noticed, the denial of scientific debate has been astronomical astronomical this is a massive massive red flag no one institution can claim to be the oracle of science yet that's what's happening so that is an interesting observation right in the cultural conditioning so doctors and nurses have also been threatened people have been fired shamed outcast cancelled for having contradictory opinion this is outrageous in the science world all science is is experiment and debate. That's all it is. Experiment, hypothesis, experiment, conclusion, debate. How can we do this better? How can we evolve? Science is always evolving. A person, one person can't claim to be science. Right? Now, I want to fast forward to today. I'm getting like heated because that really grinds my gears. I have to come back to the moment here. So 22 months into this global pandemic, what's happening in the world? Because a lot is happening. And depending on how you've been impacted by all of this, you have 100% been conditioned to believe a narrative. There's no doubt about it, myself included. What you believe to be true at this moment in time is the product of what you're listening to and who you're listening to and trusting, period. 
And when the people you're listening to no longer make sense, only then will you have the capacity to observe your own conditioning. And I think that that is what like really blasted the cap open with this lockdown and listening to the top doctors and the politicians saying that this is for our health for the fifth time, 22 months later. Oh my gosh. Okay. Example. What do I mean by conditioning, observing your conditioning? If you have ever, since this pandemic started, thought or believed the following, number one, that getting vaccinated made you a better person and that the unvaccinated are bad. Number two, that complying with mandates so you can get back to normal is the way out of this. Number three, that natural immunity isn't real immunity. Okay, and I want you to think about that one for a second longer. Natural immunity isn't real immunity. Number four, that you should fear those who are not vaccinated and that if they haven't got the shot, they will 100% give you COVID and kill you and your family. If you've ever thought or believed those, if those things have ever crossed your mind, it's not your fault, all right? That is your conditioned belief. That is not true necessarily. Those things are not necessarily true. Those are simply things that you have been told over and over and over and over again, and now you believe them, all right? I can guarantee you in March of 2020, you didn't believe those things. You only do now because of of what you're listening to and who you're listening to. So these things, like I said, you've been told over and over again, your rights and freedoms, whether you've complied with mandates or not, have been pushed, taken away from you, and dare I say the word brainwashed, again, because I used it in the diet culture context, but when it comes to COVID, for some reason, brainwashed makes me a conspiracy theorist, just for saying it, but that's what conditioning truly is. And whatever it is, you have been led to believe that is you're doing this in the name of health, yet, Now we're starting to see something new play out. It doesn't feel right anymore, does it? Top doctors say one thing one day and the opposite the other day. How many contradictory opinions have you heard? And how has the narrative uh, been manipulated so that no matter what the top doctors are saying, you believe them now, even though last week it was different? Example, Dr. Fauci recently said, We've never claimed the vaccines didn't stop the spread. This is a huge red flag. Hello. In fact, I heard my family members saying this over the holidays, that they never thought that the vaccine wouldn't stop the spread. I'm sorry, but Dr. Fauci told the world 7,000 times that the vaccine would end this pandemic. He said it every single day. How easily we forget the manipulation of power happening when we trust someone and what they say to us, how easily we can forget and how the narrative can change one step at a time. Another example with our current healthcare climate, people who feel the lockdowns are necessary right now today are looking at hospital beds and capacities. This makes sense. Yes, the hospitals are overwhelmed, it's horrible. 
I will never deny that truth. It's real. However, Ontario just fired 1,200 healthcare workers in November. 1,200. A nurse friend of mine posted on Instagram yesterday. She said, number one, there is only one COVID PT in the Ottawa Civic Hospital ICU. One. Number two, she said, if a nurse who is double vaxxed tests positive for COVID and only experiences mild symptoms, they are expected to work. All right. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. How does firing unvaccinated healthcare workers in November 2021, who were exercising informed consent and and most are actually COVID recovered in the first place, how does firing those people and and now two months later, not even, let's just say for, for, for fuck's sakes, let's just say three months later, allowing COVID positive nurses to care for people with COVID in the ICU acceptable. How is that acceptable? How are we, how are we allowing that to just play out the way it is? Like people lost their jobs. All right. How after 22 months of pushing vaccines only, instead of talking about health benefits to, to increasing your immune system or supporting your immune system, Who are the vulnerable? Why are some people dying and others asymptomatic? Why don't we know this? Why isn't this common dialogue? Why is the only household names Pfizer and Moderna in Canada? Why don't we have over-the-counter treatment protocols? Why? This does not make sense. This does not make sense. I mean, I had a heated debate on Instagram yesterday, and I cannot believe how how supportive the response was. You know, if my 67-year-old mother gets COVID right now, she's triple vaccinated, by the way, and she's at home, she has to isolate. She can't just get a treatment to help support her, you know, before things get too bad and then she's in the hospital. Why isn't there anything we can do why aren't health professionals media and politicians talking about ways that we can prevent this from happening to us and or treat the symptoms it does not make sense our governments are denying scientific debate they're censoring and canceling doctors who are offering solutions how does that make sense this is not okay who by the way didn't spend years and years and thousands of dollars of medical school to be thrown under the bus. Doctors speaking out about treatments are being silenced. If, if that's not a red flag to you, I, I think you need to like take a step back here. Those are the people that I want to listen to. They have everything to lose. They're risking their entire careers for this and we're denying them the right to just even discuss it publicly. The lack of public debate over what's happening right now, the the impacts of lockdown, the impacts of small business, the mental health, the suicides, the, the parents who are homeschooling, the kids, the childhood trauma that is now, be, like this is the definition of childhood trauma. We talk about it in the health professional world, like when I, when I work with most of my clients, it's all about childhood trauma. What do you think's happening to the children of today with this? This is traumatic. Why aren't our top doctors having open debate? Why? It's infuriating. And if if you're not mad, you should be mad. 
And who gives the badge of honor to doctors, giving them the almighty top doctor recognition? What the fuck does that even mean? Oh, our top doctors. That, that like distinguish, uh, that distinction is loot. It's bullshit. It, it makes the, it makes the media look like clowns to me with this top doctor nonsense. Ottawa's top doctor, Vera Etches, she made it clear in March of 2021, so almost a year ago, that she made it clear that students don't transmit the virus. She said that to the public. She said, she sat and then, okay, and then she said that and then she sat on a panel to shut down the schools. Four days ago, Vera Etches, who's our top doctor, publicly said, we need to keep schools open. And then two days later, she said, practically speaking, we probably need to prepare for and be psychologically ready for two to four weeks of no school in person. Like that, that narrative is so confusing. This is our top doctor saying these controversial things two days apart. It's ludicrous. It's confusing. It is put in place to confuse you as well. Like, hello, our government is literally performing in real time the definition of insanity. They're going, they're doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. And this is not okay. Let me tell you, avoiding COVID is not the definition of health. Let me repeat, avoiding COVID is not the definition of health. Taking kids out of school for the third school year is not healthy. It is not okay. We are breeding a, a generation of anxiety-ridden kids and parents. And I haven't even begun to discuss the mental aspects of the lockdowns and the and I don't have the numbers. I mean, they're changing so dramatically of like delayed surgeries and suicides and yada. I don't want to yada, yada, yada that. That's very dismissive. But like all that, that stream going down that road, lockdown's extremely unhealthy. How are people supposed to survive right now? How are people supposed to survive right now? One of my best friends has four kids. How is she supposed to work and support her family with four kids at home from school for another month. How is she supposed to do that? Why aren't we talking about treatments and creating safe school environments and helping and supporting teachers to, to help with the mental health and physical and emotional well-being of the youth of today? Why are we censoring doctors and scientists with alternative solutions and calling them conspiracy theorists? Like, think about that. How many times have you called someone a conspiracy theorist or just dismissed them immediately for having a different narrative than the mainstream that you have been, been listening to? Why is anyone who is vaccine hesitant an extremist and a murderer? Why is our prime minister calling unvaccinated Canadians misogynists and racists? Because that's a thing. He just said that two weeks ago. That is not okay. The psychological manipulation and the use of principles to influence and coerce people using shame, you know, the threat of belonging, loss of jobs, and the elimination of what I would like to call true informed consent, 
That's been abolished. It's outrageous. And you should be outraged. And I'm against leaders using language that divides us. I've, I said this on my Instagram rant yesterday. I don't give a shit if you're vaccinated or you're unvaccinated. I like you are responsible for your own life. And I would hope that I respect your decision and your choices. And I would hope that you would make good choices for yourself and choose. We can make mistakes and, and learn from those mistakes and lead healthy lives and use this as an opportunity to go inward and witness what elements of your life maybe aren't healthy right now. And how can you improve your health physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? I am against leaders using language to divide us. The gaslighting and complete disregard for any effort to make logical sense is outrageous. And I know COVID's real, but the measures in place and the people in charge are not interested in your health and well-being anymore. It's clear. This is clear. Otherwise, after almost two years, we would be healthier, wouldn't we? We would be in a good place, wouldn't we? Or at least feel safe right now, wouldn't we? Who feels safe right now? Who feels healthier in their mind and body right now? Who here knows with certainty who is vulnerable to COVID? How you can help yourself when you get the virus? If these emergency rules and mandates are in place for our health, why aren't we super healthy as a population? Why are most of us riddled with fear, divided, Fear is not healthy. Fear is not healthy. However, it is a key to manipulating the mind. These are questions we need answers to. How did we get to this terrible place? How did we get to this terrible place? Well, things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. Now, Jordan uh, Jordan Peterson said this on the Joe Rogan podcast recently. I'm going to read out word for word what he said, and this is very impactful, so I wanted to share it. So he said, if I encroach on you and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest. Then I'm gonna stop. Then I'm gonna wait. And I'm just gonna keep doing this forever. And before you know it, you're gonna be back three miles from where you started and you would have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how did we get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little bit further than you should have gone and you agreed. And so I pushed you a little further than you would have gone again, and you agreed. And this is exactly what we're seeing in the conditioning of our culture, of our our country, of our people, of this. This is the process we've all been looping in, and now we're finally waking up to it and being like, holy fuck me, I did agree to all this. I have been treating my friends and family like a disease. I have so much fear. I did all the things that you told me to do, and now we're locked down again. I've been pushed to believe and to trust. And I want to be a good person. I am a good person. So I'm going to keep complying and agreeing because, you know, the almighty top doctors know best. Well, you know what? You are a good person. We are all good people. We are all doing our best with what information we have. So why can't we get information, clear information on a spectrum? All science has a spectrum. 
Why is there only one narrative? So again, breathe, Elisa. Now, one of the conspiracy theories or comparisons I want to briefly discuss because this has been sort of like fired up on social media lately. And, you know, it's it's a little bit eye opening. The comparison is of our so-called tyrannical government, which I was against calling what's happening tyranny as well. But hear me out. okay? the conspiracy theory comparing what's happening right now to Nazi Germany. Hear me out. Hear me out. And no, I'm not suggesting that our current climate is anywhere comparable to a genocide of six million Jews. This we are not in the Holocaust. I am not comparing that. However, what I find interesting is the grooming of a population because Nazis didn't fall from the sky. People were not conditioned to hate and want to gas Jews by the millions overnight. So while the comparison seems extreme from like our now situation, it doesn't when you look at how the population of Germany was groomed. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Holocaust didn't begin with the war as frightening as that must have been and traumatic and awful and terrible. I'm not minimizing this. It began in the early 1930s in Berlin, in a park, on a bench, where there was an inscription on the bench that said, Jews can't sit here. Well, at first, people thought that this was unfair, especially Jewish people. They were like, what the hell is this? But there were a lot of other benches in the park. We'll just go sit on those. No big deal. Right? And then signs popped up at swimming pools and diners and other public places where Jews were not allowed here. Well, we'll go, we'll go elsewhere then. You know, we might protest this, but there are other places that we can go instead. All right. And non-Jews, German people and other citizens, other, other um, people, if you will, the other, the quote unquote others, were seeing these signs over and over and over again, everywhere. Jews aren't allowed here. Jews aren't allowed there. And it just developed into this belief that it was okay. We started, we didn't, we stopped pushing back. We decided, they decided that this was acceptable. So do you see where this is going? The next thing you know, you know, after they push and push and push, Jews are criminals and you're a criminal for protecting them. This process is what people are comparing today's narratives with. The process of grooming or conditioning a population. That's what's happening. Will it lead to a Holocaust? Maybe, maybe not. Like we, that's the incomparable part. All right. I just, I, I, I think putting this into perspective is an interesting discussion. Instead of just dismissing it and sweeping it under the table, it's an interesting discussion just to think about that for a second. Jews can't sit here. That's how it started. It has been so sophisticated, this conditioning, this psychological manipulation, that now people think that the personal choice of getting a vaccine automatically presumes you should favor others for being forced to do the same. And if you derive meaning from controlling others, you're doing it wrong. Another thing, it annoys the 
fuck out of me when people blame things on the pandemic that were in fact caused by the government's response to the pandemic. There is a big difference there. COVID-19 is not responsible for the narrative in your brain right now. The media, the government officials, and people given the badge of top doctors, those are the people that are controlling your thoughts. And look, we're right back at square one. We are right back at square one. It's even worse than it was in March of 2020. Remember, there's a big difference between someone or a company claiming to have the way versus a way of doing things. Even if they claim to have the way, keep in mind, this is simply just another way of doing something. Every single person should be pissed off right now. We're 22 months into a pandemic and there's absolutely zero discussion of either prevention or treatment of COVID-19, zero. Vaccines are not treatment. You, okay, let's put it this way. Can you imagine getting three flu shots in a year and then getting the flu? And then the government tells you to get a fourth shot in the same year in order to have basic rights. How does that make sense? That does not make sense. And no, I don't want this to be a vax versus unvaxed conversation, but this is like how this is the narrative they've been using to control you and get you to do what they want. You're a good person for getting vaccinated and you're a bad person for not getting vaccinated. And regardless of your thoughts on masks, vaccines, lockdowns, etc., we are living in a world where a virus is still there. It's still out there. And likely it will be indefinitely. And in this world, there is still no talk from any authority about prevention via healthy immune systems. And there is shockingly no talk about treatments when you actually catch it. This is an absolute failure of medical competence on so many levels. So what do we do? First of all, we need to demand another way. And justifying the narrative no longer is no longer acceptable. We can't justify this. There's too much. It's too much. It's not okay. We need to end the dehumanization of our citizens, of our loved ones, of the people that were our friends. We should not let emotion and fear drive our policies anymore. We need to stop using terms like sheep and anti-vaxxers. And as my friend Mark Grove says, lean into the space of humanizing those we've been taught to classify as quote unquote others. The others those people. We need to recognize that there are millions of options, experts and science being suppressed and demand to see the data of our current climate. We have politicians locking us down without giving us data about that. That's confusing. So write letters to your MPs, write to the media, speak out, Observe your own dissonance. It's confusing and it's scary and it's hard to sort of admit that maybe this isn't working when you've trusted something so much. I know I was there. I was there. I believed. And now I want a better world for myself and my family and the kids of the world to grow up in. You know... Observe your dissonance 
and observe your beliefs and question how you came to be so certain that you're right and others are wrong. If you, for example, this is the biggest thing discussed on Instagram on my rant yesterday was if you have wished or thought, thought or wished, (laughs) unvaccinated people would just get COVID and die, think about that for a second. That's not okay. You are better than that. You are better than that. And last but not least, again, speak up. Turn the volume up with your voice. And in the same note, turn your TV off. Send someone you know is struggling a supportive text message or voice note right now. Start to be a human again. Remind yourself that just because you believe in something for so long doesn't mean it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes and adjust the course and question people you once trusted. We don't have to stay loyal to something that's not working. Why are we staying loyal to and giving our loyalty and and all of our power into people that are taking that power from us? Hello, we're waking up. Let's keep staying awake. Now, that is all for now. If you've made it to the end of the show, I'm grateful to you for holding space for me to discuss this. Your mental health matters. The mental health of the world matters. We must keep paying attention to our thought patterns and make corrections. There has to be a better way. Let's demand our governments to make change. We can't live like this and be healthy at the same time. We must demand more. Now, I know that I'm just scratching the surface of this entire debate. This is the tip of the iceberg. And I realize that there will be some backlash to what I have to say. And that is fine. This is discussion. All right. I want more questions. I want to be questioning this. No, I don't have the answers to everything. However, what I'm observing is not okay. It's not okay any longer. It may have been okay at one point, but it's no longer okay. Again, I'm not done talking about this, but I am for today. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You might just win yourself a $100 gift card to Lululemon. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.